This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. For opening our hearts, opening our eyes to see and behold your glory, to know you in a greater measure than ever before. It's so good to have a relationship with you, to be intimate with you. You truly are that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. God, we worship you. We give you praise. We give you glory. As hear the Lord saying, I'm given revelation. I'm given insight. I'm opening eyes. I'm opening hearts to know the truth. And as you know the truth, it will set you totally free. And the freedom that you experience and the freedom that you see and the freedom that you know, you can give away to others. You can proclaim and give testimony. And you can speak of what God has done in your life. And it will be contagious. Because when you are intimate with me, you're contagious to those around you. Because they know and they recognize you've been with me. There's a difference. And you're wanting to reach others to spend some time with me, and it will be a natural outflow of your life because people even will look and see and know that there's a difference because you belong to me, and I am yours and you are mine. So don't let discouragement, don't let doubt, unbelief, don't let the... The voices of the enemy rage against you and prevail. You cast them down because you have a higher authority. You have the truth. And even though the enemy is, is raging in the earth today, even though he has a plan to divide this nation, even though he's, he's coming against that which seemingly was placed below your feet before, don't be dismayed for my plan is greater and he's already defeated. He's already been stripped of all power. So you don't have to even think about him. <laughs> Just command him to leave. And he will flee. Because he sees me in you. And you walk in my authority and my power. And it has not been shortened. And it never fails. It has already prevailed. And it has been written in the book. And you can bank on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for revelation. We thank you for the authority we have in the name of Jesus. You've given us your name. You've authorized us to use your name. And when that name is used, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. The enemy flees. The enemy runs in terror. From that name, and you've been given that name. So use that name and take authority and walk victorious in this land, taking dominion over that which the enemy has stood and standing in. For the kingdom of God shall not be stopped. And Christ in you, the hope of glory, be released from your life. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give God thanks. Glory. Hallelujah. Ooh, it's good. Let's give Joe Ann a hand as she comes and delivers the word to us. Glory to God. 
God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Everybody good? Well, it's wonderful to be here today, isn't it? I'm excited to, um, to see what um, God has to say because he was showing me some stuff last night. And I thought, ooh, 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 this is good, this is good, ooh, ooh, ooh. So let's see if you think that way too. When you get it from God, it's always good. I was listening on the way in, and um, uh, Kenneth Copeland was talking about um, renewing, being renewed, and he's talking about wisdom and, and those things. And, and I've always been intrigued in the study of wisdom because wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting. Get knowledge and get understanding. And, you know, it talks about wisdom. The length of days is in her right hand. Glory to God. And then riches and substance is in her left. So you can never go wrong with wisdom. But he read another scripture in there that, you know, we've all read time and time again. But something pierced and got inside of me. And I thought, oh, this is good. And the gist of this is, I will find that scripture if, as time permits, and, and uh, maybe we'll explore it a little bit, but um, the gist of it is this. If you are not in peace, you lack wisdom. That's what the scripture says. I have never linked them together until today. Thank you, Jesus, for men and women of God that will teach the truth. You know, and thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us to all the truth and shows us that revelation knowledge. So, so what do you do if you're not in peace? You know, James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all liberally and upbraideth not and shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavers. Isn't that something? So if you lack wisdom, getting wisdom is not a hard thing. All you have to do is ask God for it and reach out and believe that you receive it and take a hold of it. Yeah, but I don't see any difference. Um, the scripture didn't say look for a difference, did it? It says ask. You know, when you ask for something, receive it. You don't have to continually beg God for something because he said, I'm disposed to show favor. My tender mercies are over you, and they're new and afresh every day. So if you're, if you're needing some uh, tender mercies, say, Lord, I just thank you for your tender mercies today. They're new and afresh. They belong to me. I have them. I take them. New and afresh. You know, when you're rolling out in the morning and your little feet don't want to, you know, it's cold outside. You know, they just kind of want to stay in bed. You know, stick one of those little toes out. And you oh, no, it's too early. Let me just stay in here. You know, when you're doing that, get in the habit of, praise the Lord, a brand new day. Lord, I thank you that your tender mercies are over me today. I thank you that I have your wisdom. I ask you for it. I receive it. And you show me all things. You gave to Jesus everything. And he said that you will show me all things, that you lead me and guide me. You know, we have that treasure in this earthen vessel is a treasure inside of us if we're born again that has all the power, all the wisdom, all the knowledge of God. Release it. Get some benefit. Give the benefit to others freely. You have received freely 
give. So I know Pastor Bob has already prayed, but for those of you that do not know, I'm Joe Rook. I'm the director of the Healing and Wellness Service here at Church of the Harvest, and we just want to welcome everybody for coming. We thank you so much, and we just declare that you will leave differently than you came, be set free by the power of God. And so, Father, we just give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We yield our members as instruments of righteousness. Father, we submit to you. We resist the devil in every form. That sickness, disease, wrong thoughts, wrong implants, anything you didn't plant, Lord, we pluck it out by the roots in the name of Jesus. We bind it and get it out of here in Jesus' name, and we loose the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Jesus, we thank you that you're the healer and you always come to healing service. You never miss one of them. We're just so grateful for all that you've done, all that you're doing. And Father, everybody that you're bringing and that they come to hear and be healed and they will not leave the same way they came in, in Jesus' name. Amen. So that little bit was just an appetizer. So let's get into 2 Kings. We're going to go to 2 Kings 4. And when, um, when the Lord was showing me some stuff, you know, the first question that comes to mind, of course, you know, the enemy's going to take whatever he can use and see if he can make some traction with it. He said, well, they're going to say, what does this have to do with healing? I mean, that was the first thought. And I thought, it's all God. Every single bit of it, you're going to find out what it has to do with healing. So let's go and explore. Second Kings 4. And we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servants did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take upon him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for you? I think that's always an interesting question. Remember, uh, Jesus asked the guy at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be made whole? You would think, well, yeah, isn't that obvious? But tell me, what, ha- what do you have in your house? And she said, thy handmaiden hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all the neighbors, empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when you're come, shut your door, upon thee and upon your sons, and pour out into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. I want you to remember that. When the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not another vessel, and the oil stayed, or it stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay the debt, and live, you and your children and the rest. So we're going to stop right here, and if time permits, we're going to go on, but we're going to go back and look at this woman. So here's this woman, and you know in the first verse of chapter 4, this woman cried unto Elijah. I want you to stop right here. What did she do? Did she go tell all her neighbors of how bad it really was? What was going on here? Think about this. Think about what people do when they get a bad report. What's the first thing they do? They're going to go tell somebody. 
They want somebody to come in and come down in the pit and share with them how it is. But you don't understand. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. The doctor actually said he's never seen somebody with this case so bad. You ever heard that? You know. And then this person says, well, I'll tell you one thing. I've seen something worse than that even. And so we get from, we get from something somebody spoke based on a test. So you have a bunch of facts, don't you? And what do you do with those facts? Look at what this woman did. She went to the man of God. She went right to the man of God. And then she also says, listen, and I can see in the natural some things when you look at this. This woman, can you just not see how she had an opportunity to say, well, I'll tell you what, my husband served God, and he did this, and he did that, and he's gone now, and what do I get for all that trouble? My sons are going to be sold. They're going to be servants to somebody else. How did that profit me? Can you see a natural-looking person to do those types of things? I just don't understand. Well, listen, there's hard stuff in life, and truly we don't understand. Anybody who says they have all the answers, they don't. God does, and we'll know all of those things. But we are to set out, turn out, tune off, Tune out, however you want to say that, those things that are not of God and turn your attention and give your whole attention to the things of God. Now, she went to the man of God, and the man of God said to her, what do you want me to do? You ever wonder why the question exists? Because don't you want to say, well, isn't it obvious? There's sickness. I don't want it. But whose faith has to speak? The man of God's, I'm talking in, in, in relationship to if you have an issue, whose who's faith has to speak, yours or somebody else? Yours has to speak. So he's asking her, what do you want me to do? And then he says something that's interesting. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Okay, so here you get a diagnosis, and it's pretty nasty. And you think, well, I've done this, 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 this. I've been doing things for God. I've, been, I, I've done everything I know to do. How could this happen to me? Well, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Does that mean God sent it? No. God doesn't use the works of the enemy to correct his children. He said, I gave you the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And, you know, just as a parent, would you... Your kid, even if they were in the worst disobedience, would you put them in a position where they had to also face life and death, put some cancer on them, or done something to teach it to them? Now, if we, being natural, would not do that, why would God? God created us out of the abundance of his love, you know, and pastor was, um, when he was uh, praying this morning, and he said, out of that abundance of the presence of the Lord, that, that the overflow would naturally come out and affect other people. Well, God's overflow, the overflow of his love, he created us so we could fellowship with him. He didn't say, out of the overflow of his love, he sent cancer to teach us something. See, it's an enemy, 
And as long as you don't know anything about your enemy, you will unwittingly embrace something that is not of God. And if it's not of God, he said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let me jump over to something I was reading this morning. Because it, um, it struck me differently. <clears throat> In Mark, the third chapter, uh, the 26th verse says this, And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. He said, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Now, think about that. Is cancer a strong man in a stronghold? So listen to this. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods. That means get the good stuff, you know, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Think about sickness and disease as being somebody, something that has come in and bound you up and is stealing your life force. Because that's what it's designed to do, right? It's designed to literally steal your life. <clears throat> the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If he could come and destroy you immediately, he wouldn't even bother, I don't think, with stealing anything. But most people, if the enemy said to you, I'm coming today, and you're going to die. You would say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Well, yes, you are. I'm going to put something on you, and you're going to be dead by the end of the day. No, I'm not. But if he said, you know, that headache you've been having that's been reoccurring, it's been an issue. Do you know way back in the woodshed back there, your great, 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 great grandfather had those, and, you know, so-and-so had those, and your granddad, and then all your family, you know, once they started... It didn't take but a couple years, and they were downhill. They weren't worth anything. You might as well give up now because you don't want to spend a life like that. See, steal. Steal the thoughts. Pretty soon, it goes around and around. If you don't take it captive, then all of a sudden, you're speaking it. Then you're grabbing a hold of it from other areas. All you're doing is going into the spiritual realm in the enemy's territory and dragging in the curse of the generations where... The truth is that Jesus came, he paid the price, and if, if you are in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to the promise. So he bought and he paid for that. So the strong man, in order to spoil the strong man's house, you're going to have to use some authority. That authority starts from making a decision. You make a quality decision, a quality decision, we've talked about this many times, is one that there is no more argument. That means not if I'm going to stand, not when I'm going to stand, but I am now standing. It's now. You made the decision, and there's no retreat. There is no retreat. We're not going back. When it gets hard and it gets tough, we are not going back. We're going to stand, and we're going to get what God says is ours. Amen? All right. Second Kings, let's go back there. So the man of God asked her, what? should I do for you? So here you get this bad report. Things are looking not so good. And you have to make a decision. Who are you going to consult? Who are you going to go to? You go into friends, you go into family, 
you going to a man or woman of God that has the words of life that will tell you truth and not pat you on the back and say, it's okay, baby, it's fine, you can tell me all. Just any time, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? You know, people that just want sympathy are really, they get irritated when you give them the truth. Now, truth, some people have not given the truth in love. There's a big difference. You know, when you're down and out, and somebody has never walked where you're walking and doesn't know how difficult life is for you, and they come up and say, well... Count it all joy when you fall in diver's temptations. <laughs> I'm thinking, yes, joy, 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 joy. You know, that's not the way to do it. That is not the way to do it. So we need to be sensitive to people because they do go through things. It's hard things. But we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, are to pick somebody up and out of that abundance of what, that treasure that God has put in, into us, we are to help them along. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell about me what the, the harder part and the one that God develops more patience with me is when they don't want to come along. And they give you every excuse not to take the next step. I want to help those that want to go, you know. And um, so there are some days I wish there was somebody calling me on the phone and say, okay, what are you doing today? Are you going the right direction? What scripture are you standing on? Come on, girl, let's move, you know. And, um, you know, and I do that for those that want to go. I mean, we have this little network of things. But we all take a break sometimes, which we shouldn't, but we need to get up and go. So when you're in a position, you decide. You decide. You're going to go towards the things of God or you're going to go towards the things of man. So he said to her, the next thing is, what do you have in your house? Oh, now, isn't that an interesting thing? What do you have in your house? What does that have to do with how I'm feeling? What do you have in your house? Let me say it this way. What avenue are you going to open up so that God can come in with his blessings? See, what is seed time and harvest? That woman had... Nothing, right? She could have said, well, I don't have anything. Nothing at all. Nothing left. I told you they're coming to take my kids. You know, I told you the doctor said there's no hope. There's nothing to do. And God says, what are you going to sow that I have a legal right to come in and advocate for you? Isn't that an interesting thing? Seed, time, and harvest. What are you going to do to give me? Do you know she gave the most precious thing that she had of her substance? That oil, right? That was the last of it, right? She didn't have any money. She didn't have anything. So she found, she said, she responded with something of value. And here's what he said. Okay. Now, he didn't say, okay, that's good, we can use that. He didn't do anything else. He said, go borrow the vessels, all vessels. Go to your neighbors, go get a bunch of them. Don't get a few. Go, 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 go. And so we see that she tells her kids, go. And they go get vessels, and they get vessels, and they get vessels, and they bring in. Now, if the man of God told you, okay, I want you to go get vessels, what, what would most people say? Why? What does that have to do with anything? Why? Why am I getting vessels? What does it have to do with it? Yet, 
This man is operating with the wisdom of God and telling her what to do. And we see that wisdom in his operation in her life because she didn't question. She didn't say that's not going to work. What does that have to do? She went out and she got a whole bunch of vessels. She listened to what the man of God says. So can I say it this way? You need to listen to what the word of God is telling you. But, you know, you have to have ears to hear. Mark 4 says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Comes back to that decision. And then, so she went, she got all the vessels, and they brought them in. And it came to the, uh, let me see, let me go. And he said, he told her, he said, borrow not a few, and when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons, and then pour out into all those vessels, and then set them aside. Listen, she had such a big mountain in the beginning all of the, everything was stacked against her. When we get these reports and somebody says, you're going to have to take medicine for the rest of your life or the rest of your life is only three months away, make plans and go on. And you're just going to have to deal with this and live or not live, depending on what they're telling you. It looks impossible in the natural. And it looks sometimes like, well, I know what the word says, but you don't know how big my mountain is. You know, we have to look at it this way. If it's too big for Jesus, then you're wasting your breath talking. So you have to look and see, is it too big for Jesus? Well, there's nothing too big. The scripture says all things, all things, all things, all things, all things are possible to him that believeth. So anything in the natural has to be discounted, and the heavier weight has to go on the supernatural. Um, Elijah asked her for a seed. And what happens when you give your seed, you release your faith. When you make a quality decision, this is what I'm going to do. I don't, have any I don't have any retreat. This is what I'm going to do regardless of what happens. Well, somebody might say, well, what if you die? Well, I'm going to die in faith, believe in God, but I'm not dying. You know, that's your view because I make no provision for dying. I make no provision. Now, the mind will tell you, yeah, but what if? What are they going to say about you? What are you going to do? You know, you did this and you did this. And, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with it. That's just noise. It's the static in life. And you have to learn to filter out the static. It's not important. When you tune your dial and you filter out all the static and you tune in to WW, what would Jesus do? When you tune into the Word of God and you tune out everything else, you get a direction and you get a honing and you get, you get wisdom that enters into your soul. When wisdom enters in and knowledge is pleasant, you know, then your chambers are going to be filled. So we just allow God to get involved with our life. Now, during, when you look at that concept sometimes, well, God's already in my life. Well, what does the scripture say about uh, the God of this earth? It's the enemy. And he operates in the, spirit, in the, in the uh, physical sense, right? Eyes, ears, nose, touch, taste, smell. He operates in that realm. Where do most people operate? In that realm, right? So they say, well, I must not be healed because I don't feel like it. But the scripture says that faith is now 
in that we receive. He said, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So we have to go back to that, the law of the, 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 law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law and sin and death. So if I can take the parallel, something I've done before many times is if you look at the law of gravity and you go to the top of a building and step off, where are you going? You're going down, right? Well, then why do airplanes fly? Because of the law of lift, right? So the law of lift supersedes the law of gravity and allows the airplane to fly above, correct? But if you don't get a ticket or you don't get your body in that airplane, that law of lift does absolutely no good to you if you want to go from point A to point B. But now you don't know how it operates, do you? You know how to operate, uh, uh, you know how the airplane flies, what, all the things that, we don't have to know all that stuff. Well, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That law is truth, and it's so much higher than the physical realm. But we have to train our senses to look at the spiritual realm and make the natural realm less important than the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm has to be final authority. And when we see on that plane, then the natural realm comes into a, a, a focus that it should be. It's not the major focus. But we live, we have these bodies, we have to live in this world. But we are to be God-inside-minded. We are to be able to fly above these circumstances. Now, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. That means the truth, God's word, will always change the facts because the facts are temporal. They're subject to change. So she, in essence, looked at this mountain that she had, and she said, um, you're subject to change because I'm going to the man of God and the man of God is going to take care of this. It's an interesting thing that, that you get that assurance inside of you when nobody else is standing with you. I didn't see any neighbors coming. I didn't see any neighbors, you know, I didn't see any family. It just says, this woman came to the man of God and she stood and she did. It's interesting when you look. He gave her several different instructions, specific instructions, and he told her how to do it a particular way. Now, in times past, I talked about that God, that we already pre-qualified. And um, in saying that, um, we are already pre-qualified. We don't have to qualify for anything. But that does not mean that we don't have instructions. Remember the, the, um, the guy that had leprosy? And the prophet told him, go wash and do that in a particular river. He told him that he had instructions to do. And so if he decided, he was irritated, remember? If he decided, well, I'm going to go wash somewhere else, would he have gotten the same results? Absolutely not. So she had specific instructions to do. He told her, borrow not a few. Pay, you know, pay attention to the little details. Now, how do you get those instructions if you don't spend any time with God? If you've got a life and death situation going on, if, you get, if you've got on your TV how the stomach turns and you're on the phone telling everybody everything that's going on, all you're doing is you have opened the devil's uh, garage doors and you are imparting death unto you. You have to shut out, turn off, 
get rid of everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And in this case, what you want is healing. You want healing to permeate. So if you want healing, do you study finances? No. Get healing in your eyes. Get it in your ears. Get it coming out of your mouth. Post pictures of what you're supposed to look like all over the place. And when you run by those pictures, just point and say, oh, that is the most beautiful woman I've seen. I love her smile. That's me. You know, when something good happens and you hear somebody, you know, did you know so-and-so got restored the other day? Oh, well, glory to God, that happens to me all the time. Well, what do you mean? I can see it's not happening to you. Well, keep looking. It happens to me all the time. Somebody gets a blessing. This woman gets a lot of blessings, I have to tell you. And, um, and so um, she, um, she always says, oh, uncommon currency is coming to me. I thought, yeah, that's good. Uncommon currency is coming to me too. You know, Kenneth talked about, he talked about, he was, uh, he's, after a service one time, he's in, his, he's in his closet taking off his suit coat and doing some other things, and he was praying in the Spirit and thanking God, and he said all of a sudden he popped over into prophecy, you know, and, um, and uh, one thing led to the other, and, and here's what happened. God told him, uh, 80, he's turn, he turned 80 in, in December, and uh, he said, 80 is the, is, the, is the new 30. I thought, oh, I embarked a couple weeks ago on a brand new, um, on a brand new path. And uh, in the natural, in the natural, uh, it's daunting for 20-some-year-olds. And I'll tell you what, I have, it now is the new 30 for me. I have mental acuity I have not had in years and years and years. I have clarity of thinking and thought processes. I am getting concepts that 10 years ago were beyond what I thought I could do. And they are coming quickly, they are coming naturally, and I'm having results from it. So I'm in glory to God. I mean, so this is my new 30. I'm taking it. I'm taking it, what he said. So when you listen to your man of God, you've got, you've got great blessings. All right. So notice, obedience and trust was a big thing here. She didn't, she didn't go and question him. She didn't say, well, what is this going to do? This, this, doesn't, this looks stupid. I don't know. I don't know what putting the word in. I don't know what. You've got, you've got something that is happening in your body that's, that's lying against the truth. And you say, well, I'll tell you what. Jeremiah said this, that God said, I will restore health and I will heal you of your wounds. I thought, okay, glory to God. Thank you, Father, that you restore my health, and you heal me of my wounds. And then he said, um, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, and they're thoughts of good and not evil to give you an expected end. That expected end is a hope and a future. A hope. Now, what God gives a hope and a future of disaster for your life. I know the plans I have for you. I know how I think about you. I think about you good. I love you. You were created out of the abundance of my love. I want to fellowship with you. Who wants to spend time with a poor, pitiful person? 
oh, woe is me. And every time you talk to them, you don't know how bad it really is. Well, I can tell you this. If you don't change the way you look and talk about things, when I say look, I'm, uh, your eyes, what they're looking at, then the next time we talk, you're going to be telling me these same rotten things. Well, if you want something different, you keep doing the same thing, how is it as you expect a different result? How is that so hard? It's not hard. We just do. Everybody, you know, I was reading in the scriptures about a man who doesn't sow uh, when it's time, or he doesn't harvest when the harvest comes in. If he won't do anything, he basically comes to naught. He's going to be poor, right? But yet you can see there's a time to do and get up and do, even if your physical body doesn't want you to. I always tell my friends this. I said, there's a, there's a line. The devil tells you cannot do anything, you know. And if you can't do anything today, get up right to that line. And whatever the devil told you you couldn't do, just stick part of your big toe over the line. Say, ha-ha, I did that. So, you know, this is so you can't move your arm today. Take your other arm and move it. You know, take your finger and move it. The devil says you couldn't do it. Say, I can do that. Say, and so, guess what? The line just moved. Because... You just put your little toe, just do a little bit more than what he said, and pretty soon you're going to be taking big giant steps over the line and say, what do you mean I can't do it? Look at I just did it. He's a liar and a loser. He doesn't have any truth in him. He wants, you to he wants to convince you that what he's saying is truth, but it's not. So this woman, she didn't borrow a few, and she went, and she did as the prophet said, and when she had done everything that he said... She stayed in her house and said, okay, I did it. Is that right? No. After she did everything he said, she went back and went for more. More instruction, didn't she? She didn't stop. She went back. I did everything you said to do. What is my next step? How many people today want God to poof? healing on them, but they don't want to do anything. They don't want to give. They don't want to invite God into their circumstances. They don't want to give them legal right to operate on, on their behalf. They want to stay in the enemy's territory, but they want to be perfect in their body. Or they want to put sugar in their body every single day, and they want their body to operate at peak performance. See, you can't get the things of God and do everything contrary. You have got to give God something to work with. He didn't ask for much. He doesn't ask for much, you know. And, and uh, that's why I'm so thrilled a lot of times when um, uh, we do have partners with our healing ministry, and I'm so grateful for them, and I pray for them. And if they send me their picture, they're on my prayer board. If they're not, I know God knows who they are, but sometimes God will quicken one to me, and I'll just stick my hand on that board as I go by and say, listen, Father, I thank you that this person is hooked up with this prayer ministry, and I thank you that they're blessed, and that anointing operates in them. Now, I'm asking for, and if God quickens something that's going on in their life, I'll stand and I'll pray for that, or I'll spend a little time around the kitchen and, and, and go back, and if God tells me something specific, I will pray. So our partners have... Uh, uh, prayer covering. And then they also have that anointing that operates in them to go out and pray for the sick. So I've sidetracked there, so let me get back to where we're supposed to be here. So this woman of God went on and got, oh, in, in instruction. Okay. You have to position yourself to receive more instruction. 
You have to position yourself to hear the voice of God. Your man of God, your woman of God, they're there to be a help. But they don't know everything. Holy Spirit does. He leads you and guides you to all the truth. And if you've got so much stuff surrounding you and so many voices that you can't hear direction, she could have gone to the point where she had all the vessels full and they could have come the next day and taken her sons, right? So she went back to get the divine wisdom. Okay, I did what you told me to do. Don't stop now. There's still the reports are bad. They're still coming to get the sun. The, the healing, uh, the, the sickness and disease reports are coming and healing seems far away. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep listening for that. Well, I can't hear anything. Well, God said you can. So either you are incorrect or God is incorrect. Which one do we want to believe? So we just reposition ourselves. Well, Lord, you said I would hear you. So I receive it by faith, and I'm operating, and I'm doing what I know to do, and I'm listening for other instructions. Don't confess what you already have. Confess what you want. Lord, I hear you. I hear you. Every voice that's not important, I just put away. But you, I hear, and you're going to hear the Spirit of the Lord talk to you. And it's so wonderful when he does because he has the answer of life. Do you know you can confess until you're purple? You can do all the right things. But one word from God will eradicate a whole bunch of stuff, if not all the junk in your life. You get one word because what happens is that one word that comes, that's your anchor. And when stuff gets really, really tough and it looks like nothing's succeeding, you know that you heard the voice of God. And God said this. And if I don't know anything else, I know that he told me this. I know his word is true. But this is revelation to knowledge knowledge to me. And the, 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 the word I heard was this. And you repeat that word. Whether it's, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of God. I heard this one time, no weapon formed against me, will prosper. And so when I got into tough times, that's the one I went down into the well, and that's the one I anchored. And if you could could get a picture of what I get a picture of in my mind when I think that, I ain't moving. I don't care if there's hurricanes. I don't care if there's blizzards. I don't care if, you know, the end comes. I am not moving. My feet are planted, and they're planted in God. He is my protection. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, and there is none like him. So she went back to the man of God. She has shut out everything else, and she basically said, okay, I did what you told me to do. Now what do I do? And he said, well, go sell that stuff. He said, pay your debt, and then what? You can live off the rest. So she's just looking to get her sons so they don't have to go into bondage. And look at what God did for her, over and abundant. He does abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So you have a choice of how you're going to do it. Now, let's just, let's just recap some of the things and how we talk about it. When it looks like it's all over but the end, decide who you're going to serve. 
meaning which way you're going to go. Now, some people will ask me, well, you know, is it wrong to go to the doctor? Well, no. God gave us doctors. Thank you, Jesus. But they're not the healer. Jesus is the healer. So you have to go in faith. Go in faith. You know, for those that take medicine, I have to give my dog shots. It's just for a time. The pancreas has already been talked to. It has to secrete the proper amount of insulin for life and health. And the cataracts that went on the piggyback of this disease uh, don't know it yet, but, you know, when my little puppy dog sits in my lap, I just look at his little eyes and I say, you have the most beautiful, clear-seeing, cataract-free eyes of any dog I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, sometimes he nods at me. It's a glory to God. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. When I, we have this thing when, I, my, when my reading time comes up, I have a chair I go and sit in, and he'll talk to me until he can get up on my lap. So after he's all settled, then the Bible goes on top of him, and we do our reading. And so, um, but when I give him the shot, I talk over him, and I say, listen, pancreas, you listen to me. All creation has ears. Now I'm going to speak to you right now, and in the name of Jesus, you will secrete the proper amount of insulin for life and health. Well, then the devil says, yeah, but you're giving him a shot. And so if the pancreas works, you're going to kill him. So I will, body, you will absorb the exact amount of insulin that you need for life and health. And I talked to those cataracts. He said, if you speak to the mountain, commanded to be removed and cast in the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things, T-H-I-N-G-S, those things you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. So I cannot run around telling everybody, oh, my poor dog's got diabetes. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, he may have been diagnosed with that, but bless God, it's already been evicted. I've taken authority over it. I've cut its thing. Yeah, but it ain't working. I can't help it. You can't see it's not working, but I know that it is. And that's where I stand. Now, you can have whatever stand you want, but that's where you have to go with sickness and disease. No, get out. I'm telling you, I'm not putting up with you. I had a friend call me the other day, and she's dealing with uh, planter fasciitis, I guess is how you, that foot thing that hurts like a dog, I'm telling you. And, um, and it, so it recalled to me, years ago, I dealt with that for a while. You can't do anything it doesn't affect, you know. And, um, and so, and I, about two or three weeks ago, I was going up the stairs, and all those pains started coming back. And um, I thought, the first time I thought, oh, no, you don't. But he didn't really do anything about it. So the second or third time it hit, it was like, no. No, no, no. You are not coming on me. Get off of me in the name of Jesus. You are not welcome in this house. My Jesus already paid for that. And I'm not going back there. You are not coming back. Now get out of here. I haven't had a problem since. Amen. Nip it in the bud when it starts. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. So she called me on the phone and she was telling me all these things about what she's having to go through. Now she's believing for healing. And so I just kind of shared with her you know, what I did during that time and um, how I got free, but how it was trying to sneak back the last couple of weeks. Say, no, we are not going there. We are not doing that. You take your stand. Now, listen, people will always ask me, well, what about so-and-so who didn't get it? 
well, what about, I know good people. I know really good people who love God, and um, they didn't get healed. What about that? What about that? Does that mean they didn't love God as they thought because they went on? No, absolutely not. You can love God with all your heart. But you know what? You know that ticket to wherever you want it to go? You can have that ticket in your hand and never get to where you're going unless you exercise the rights that ticket gives you and present that ticket and start getting on the plane and going. Remember that? We have, we have been giving things. And this, you know, healing's not even a promise. It's not a promise. It's a provision. It has been paid for in full. Nothing's due on it. But like any other provision, if you do not, if you do not, wonderful, praise the Lord, if you do not put a demand for those things, you will never enter into the rewards. Everybody with me on that? Okay, so you have to decide quality decision. No more argument and no retreat. The no retreat is a big thing in this day and age because you see retreat all over the place. No retreat. That means it's going to take a little courage. But here's some wisdom. Let me tell you, you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing. As a matter of fact, I would recommend to you to tell almost nobody what you're doing except for those people that will stand with you. Now, when John and I did this, we saw mighty miracles happen along the way. But I tell you what, we didn't ask everybody and their uncle to pray, but we had a small nucleus of people that we text and said, now, and we text, we need it because we needed it now, but we knew those people would stop what they were doing and start praying. And we saw miracle after miracle after miracle happen. And uh, we were in the hospital one time, and my husband, he was pushing like 10 liters of oxygen at the time, and, and, and I asked that nurse, I said, what does he need to happen to come home? I needed to know. And she started with the oxygen. She said, well, he can't do 10 liters. She said, they'll never let him go. She said, he's got to be under four and under, preferably under two. I said, okay. So I got on my little prayer thing, and I said, okay, this is what we need. Now, later on that day, now remember, he's pushing 10. Later on that day, they come in to give him a breathing treatment. I said, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I'm not talking to God. I said, okay, all right, well, how do we do this? I can't just get up there and turn it to two and say, oh, yeah, he's fine. You know, he's got to breathe. You know, there are these things, you know. And so, um, and so they came in to give him a breathing treatment. And, you know, I was, I'm always pretty nice about these things. And I'm talking and asking them how they're doing. I said, oh, by the way, I said, what would it take to be able to put that oxygen level down a little bit? He said, well, you know, I don't know. Let me look. So he looked at all his little stuff. He said, you know what? He's actually, um, his, his stuff is actually okay for me to try to turn it down. So he, like, he turned it down two notches. He said, well, that's good. Well, then he gets another breathing tree. He's doing fine. Everything's wonderful. And so the next one comes in. I don't know if it's four hours or six hours later. And, you know, so I'm really nice and I'm talking and whatever. I said, oh, by the way, what do you think it would take to be able to, could we try turning that down a little bit? And she said, well, 
I'm not sure. And she looks at all the little things. She said, you know, she said, I, I think we could try that. So we turn it down. And so we get into the middle of the night. We get another one coming. And so <laughs> and then we get another. So we, I did this. And so within just over 24 hours, we had gone from a 10, and we were down somewhere. I think we were under four somewhere. We might have been even to two. I don't know. But it, within 24 hours, the wisdom of God in operation. I'm telling you, God is so good. Um, you can just, you know, just praise him. Just praise him for the things he's doing. Don't forget to stop along the way and thank him. Thank him for his mercy and his grace. You know what? Look back. Remember how far you've come. Sometimes it's easy to forget how far you've come and how much God has already put inside of you. Give him praise. The devil hates it for no other reason. Do it for that, you know. But there's so much more reason to do it. Okay, expect an answer. Number one is you have to decide. When it looks like it's all over but the end, call upon God. And you know he never says, well, honey, I'll tell you what. You didn't listen to me, so I ain't listening to you. Just go away. You know, think about Peter. Now, Peter gets out there, you know, Jesus is walking on the water there, and, and they think it's a ghost. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And I think, uh, if you don't think it's him, why would you want to get out there? But okay. So he does, and he says, come. Well, how many could have got out? Anybody who had faith to go. Can you imagine what they were doing? No, Peter, don't do it. Stay in here. They're grabbing his legs. No, don't do it. You're going to die, you know. And Jesus said, come. Whose voice? You think Jesus stood there and said, Peter, don't listen to them. I told you, just come. It'll be okay, boy. Come on. No, he said, come. One time, come. You choose. The word of God is truth. You choose whose report you believe. There's the enemy's report that you will never amount to anything. You won't be any good. You're getting too stinking old to be able to do stuff. No. Or you can believe God. I said that Jesus came that you have life and life more abundant. I don't want stinking life. I want abundant life. Who wants stinking life? Who wants to exist? I want abundant life. And I have it in the name of Jesus. And there's some wonderful things you're going to see happening in my lifetime and in this ministry soon to come to pass because it's already, I see the buds. It's already peeking out. And when it does, it's going to go with a bang. I just have to tell you, just so you know, you'll remember. Be prepared to give it all to God. Give it, be prepared to give it all to God. All of yourself is what I'm talking about. All of you can't hold back part of it. Yes, God, I can see that, but you know, I have this little thing over here, this little territory I don't want you to touch. You know, you can't touch my chocolate cake. You know, that doesn't work. You can't touch my boating every weekend. I don't know what, you know, what it is. Now, the wonderful thing about that is God gave you things to enjoy. But things should not have you. So if anything has you, give it up. Because God, if it's yours to enjoy, God will give it back to you with more abundance. So, you know, that's an hour. I would say early on that, listen, I have never wanted to go to Africa. 
I've never in my entire life wanted to go to Africa. And in the beginning, I never wanted to yield to God because I thought he was going to send me to Africa. And I didn't want to go, you know, is the bottom line. And so as you start, as you start in your ministry, I've got to tell you something I'm going to do too. That's on my to-do list to get done. Um, but as you start in your ministry and, and the things of God start to open up for you, and do you start to you, there there's, comes a point in time you realize God never wants bad. He always wants for your good. And if God has called me to be in Africa, then that's where I'm going and I'm not going kicking and screaming. I'm going with the anticipation is that's the perfect spot for me at that point in the life to do what I need to do. Well, anyway, I've never had a passport in all my life. So it's, I'm, within the next month or two, I'm going to get that done. It's on my to-do list. We're just working down the list. But I'm not planning on going anywhere, but I'm planning on being ready. So wherever he sends me, because he's told me some stuff. So, you know, if you realize that inside of God's will, even at some place that you have never wanted to go, is so much better any time, any day, any second of any time than being out of God's will. So I would go where he told me to go. God, I still don't want to go to Africa, though. I just have to tell you. <laughs> but I will trust you all of my days. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful place. I mean, it's got a lot of beautiful things. I just have never had. I, I would love to go to Switzerland. I just, you know, there's things that you just do and do not, you know. It's like I don't want to spend any more winters in Wisconsin. I've spent a lot of them. I have no desire to go shovel snow anymore. I've skied and I've enjoyed it. I was stuck on a black slope when I was uh, half a day, my second half of the first day of skiing. You talk about a faith project. Dear Lord, I got stuck in trees coming down. This is, I'm telling you, it was a black slope, you know, which is the hardest that they go. I didn't know nothing about nothing, but I had learned how to fall if I needed to, thank God. And um, so I'm stuck by these trees, and my, my knees are locked up because I'm petrified. You know, I'm talking to myself. You can do this, you know, <laughs> in the name of Jesus. I went with the church group, too. And so I'm stuck. because You know why I'm stuck? Because I was afraid to get off on the lift, on the, on the part that was supposed to. You know, they don't kind of teach you these things, you know. So unless you've got somebody next to you that says, let's go, get off, you know, you just get, kind of get stuck. Well, there comes an end. You've got to do what you've got to do. So I'm, so I'm stuck in these trees. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, I don't know if I'll ever get down. See, I wasn't using too much faith, apparently. But um, I guess there was times when it's stuck in the trees and I heard somebody say, way up from a... You can do it. I thought, yes. So I got to the next one. <laughs> God never leaves you forsaken. Do you get it? He always has somebody with a word of encouragement that will get you back moving. I did get down, and the next day I didn't ski. I thought, that is enough. I'm shopping. I was in Colorado. I'm going shopping. But you know, the next day, I went skiing again. No devil in hell is going to keep me because of fear. I refuse fear. I will not fear. That report that is meant to strike fear inside of you so that, so that you will not resist the devil and you will agree with him. 
That's what that fear report is meant. But when you get a fear report, you stand up, you put your armor on, and you say, I refuse to fear. I trust God. Even if everything inside of you is saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. The words of your mouth hooked up with the word of God will produce what God says are yours. If you want God involved in your life, you must give him something to work with. Your life is that something that's most precious. Now, when, um, when I was believing uh, uh, for some stuff and for some healing and, and my loved one was in the hospital, I prayed for anything that wanted me to pray, to move, you know. You got, you got somebody, I saw a woman in the, down the hall. I went to get a cup of coffee and down the hall, and she had fear from the top of her head to the, you know what fear looks like, don't you? Top of her head to the soles of her feet. She had fear, and I stopped right there. I didn't know her from Adam. I said, ma'am, I said, do you think I could pray with you? And she said, and she told me all that was going on. I said, okay, let's pray. God's going to change this. He's going to work in this. And I laid my hands on her and prayed for her in the peace of God just flowed from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Every bit of that fear was gone, and she was in a position where she could grab a hold of her faith and believe for her loved one. Sir, um, sowing a seed allows God legal rights into your substance. That's what we do when we tithe and we give. Sowing a seed allows God legal rights into your substance. Remember Adam gave all the legal rights over to the devil, but Jesus bought them back, remember? But those in Christ, those that will do the spiritual way, gain the, um, gain the ability for the supernatural to operate in their lives. So without the sowing of seed, you're in the enemy's territory. Now, your seed, when we talk about money, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different seeds that you can sow. You know, do you ever think about, um, you ever think about, he said, uh, uh, he, he gave 10%, you know, the tithe is 10%. Now, now, think about this. Have you ever thought about tithing your time? So we've got 24 hours in a day. So if you tithe 2.4 hours a day, well, how can I tithe 2.4 hours a day? Put those tapes in at night. You sleep six or eight hours. Put those tapes in. Whatever that time frame is, you're tithing your time. Spend time in prayer. Spend time praying for others. Spend time talking to God. That is tithing your time. Put, but you know what he said about the tithe? First. It's the first. It's the first. That means you can translate it this way. It is the most important. It's the heaviest weighted. So if I'm going to do skiing or I'm going to do time with God, which one's more important? I'm going to do my time with God. This not, they're not mutually exclusive. I can be praying in the Spirit while I'm going down the slopes. You can be praying in your car. See, it's not that hard to tithe your time. And you should pray in the Spirit every single day, every day, every day, every day. Anyway, that's, that's an extra. That's an extra. That's for nothing. Takes, God takes your natural and adds his superal, super to, to produce the supernatural. We have been bought with a price. And we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to give our members, which is just, you know, um, surrender. It's just a reasonable thing. It's a reasonable thing. Present our bodies a living sacrifice. Um, the, 
because we have been bought with that precious um, blood of Jesus. We are a living sacrifice, and we have that treasure in this earthen vessel that we want of God and not on us. We want that power of God in operation and not on us. Keep your eyes focused on God and your heart or your ears open for his instructions to you. Get in God's word. Meditate his word. You know, all fear is, is thinking about the lies of the devil. You'll never have, you can't do, it won't happen. You know, what are they going to think about you? They're going to think you're goofy. All of those things are just repeatedly thinking about what the enemy says. Get the word of God in you and think about what he says. You're more, you're more than a conqueror. He who is in me is greater than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And God gave to Jesus everything. And Jesus said, my Father will show you all things. Start believing and listen to those things. Listen for its specific instructions from Holy Spirit. You will not get those in the clatter of the world. You won't get those sitting in front of the television. You're going to get that with your quiet time with God. That means get your Bible, get yourself comfortable, and, and just... Say, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. Some days it's like, I'm sitting here until I hear something. I ain't going anywhere. I don't care who calls. Doesn't matter. Put that phone up. Put it under the pillow so you can't hear it. Whatever you need to do, just listen. And then when he tells you to do something, be quick to hear and get it done, what he's telling you to do. Now, don't jump out ahead of God. If you don't understand what he's telling you to do, get more instruction. You know, sometimes God will say, well, listen, um, you're going to do A, B, C, and D. And all of a sudden, we get on the bandwagon. We're doing all everything. And God said, you are going to do that. But we never stopped and asked, how are we going to do this? What specifically? What ways? Because there's a way that seems right unto the man. But there's the end thereof are the ways. W-A-Y-S, another plural. Ways of death. So you can do it this way and have a whole plethora of opportunities to come out in death. Or you can do it God's way and get God's results. I choose that way. Be quick to hear. Get your words in line with God's word. Lie not against the truth. If you have anything you want to star, it's this one. Lie, what do you mean, lie not against the truth? Are the words of your mouth upright, in right standing with God's words? Well, how do you feel today, Pastor Bob? I'm healed of the Lord. I'm blessed, right? Or... Oh, you don't know how bad it really is. I could tell you, but, you know, it's just terrible. I don't know what's going to happen. If God doesn't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. The doctor said, Pastor Bob got a bad report a couple uh, years ago that said he had cancer. And, um, um, and there was a whole bunch of voices telling him what they thought. People that he even loved had different opinions. And yet he went to God. And God told him what he's going to do about it. And that's where he took his stand. And he stood. But you know what? He got God's results. So if somebody come up and ask him, well, how are you doing? Well, I'm healed of the Lord. Thank you. I got God's instructions. I'm walking them out. And I fully intend to see the manifestation of what he's told me. Right? Amen. Um, so lying not against the truth is a big thing. Write down instructions. It's really good to have a notebook. This has been really tough for me. Uh, and then I have like 15 of them, so I have to find where I put the last one. So, you know, i got to get them organized and do that. But write down what he tells you. I keep a notebook at night, so when I wake up, 
and a pen. I wake up and I hear something. I, I jot it down because you won't necessarily remember it. And when I'm studying and spending my prayer time, I have, a, I have a one journal, a particular journal, that I date. And whatever I hear, whether it's a scripture, whether it's instruction, whatever I hear, I, I put in that journal. Dreams, visions. Now, some of my goofy dreams I don't, but I probably should now that you say that because you never know what will come of them. But um, a lot of times it's scripture for me. Or um, one time um, we were praying and a friend got a word. And, um, and so you get those types of things, you got to jot them down. You know, pastor has spoken over every single one of us just about, I think. And, um, you know, when he does, you don't always remember everything that he said. I wish we could have a recorder. I'd like to just pull it out, but, you know, at the moment. But what you do recall, get it and write it down and then start speaking over it. Because you're the prophet of your own life. What you say has great waiting in your life. So one of these things, obey what you heard. Obey what you heard. Obey what you heard. Obey what you heard. Don't consult with flesh and blood. Now, if you have a question about whether it's scriptural and where it's coming from, I'm not talking about that. <clears throat> you need to, God will never tell you anything contrary to the scriptures. He always tells you what the scripture, what's in the scripture. He won't contradict himself. So if what you're getting is contradictory, you need to look at the source. But, uh, so don't confer with flesh and blood. Don't ask five or ten different people if they think it's a good idea because trust me, they'll talk you out of it. Reason always rips out your faith. Reason will always do it if you wait to do what you're supposed to do. Keep your eyes on the word and your ears listening for him. Tune all else out. I cannot tell you strong enough how this is important. I don't care if you're fighting, if you're literally fighting for your life. There's nothing else that is more important at that point than the word of God. Because everything that you expend your energy on, you're stealing life. Because it's leaking out. It's leaking out. Avoid strife at all costs. I don't care who's doing what. Don't participate. Walk away. Leave it alone. You got somebody in your life that's, uh, that's uh, habitually beating you up, telling you, not beating you up physically, but you know, but mentally exerting. You, I, I don't know why you're believing that stuff. What are you talking about? That's goofy. I've never seen anybody. Well, you know what? Then I'll be the first one you see, but separate yourself. You got people in your life that don't want to go on with the things of God and you're fighting for life. Get around those people that will fight with you, not the ones that will pray, oh, dear so-and-so, isn't it just terrible? It looks like they're just going to go on. I know that they want to stay, but get away from those people. It's not that they're bad. It's they don't know anything. And you have a destination that you want to obtain. You want to go on with the things of God. I'm not going early, and I'm not going sick. Amen, sister. Amen. Tune all else out. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. It's in the power. I can't stress strongly enough that that is that important. Speak to the mountain. Don't let it stay in your territory. Talk to it. Command it to go out. Yeah, I've done that, but it's nothing's happening. No, 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 that's not true. The word tells me it is happening. The word's telling me that it's working every day. It's like a little mustard seed. A friend of mine had posted, and I, I reposted mine because I think this is just wonderful, and I, I've been using it ever since. I put it on my prayer board, and it's, it's got the finger with the mustard seed on it. And it says, I have a mustard seed, and I'm not afraid to use it. I thought, yes, every, every mountain that we come across, 
we should be talking to it. I have a mustard seed, and I'm using it. You know, I like it. I think they're so good. Go back for more instruction. Go back for more. And finally, having done all, stand. Refuse to be moved by anything except the Word of God. Anybody, anything, having done all to stand, stand. Well, Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We thank you for your word. And I know that your word always produces results, Father. I thank you where the word of healing is preached, that healings come forth. And I thank you for that today in this place. Holy Spirit, you just have your way however you want to do what you want to do. We're grateful. We are just grateful and we're thankful for you, Lord. And Father, we thank you that we have ears to hear what you say and we have decided that we're going to be quick to hear and quick to obey and we receive everything that you have for us today. We take off every limit and anything that anybody's ever said in our life that does not line up with you, Father, I take authority over that right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind it up, and we just cut it off at the root and command the root to shrivel up, and we get rid of everything else by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We believe that we receive miracles, manifestations, demonstrations. Father, we thank you that 2017 that the faithful shall flourish and it will be like days of heaven on earth for us. And we thank you for it as we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you need healing today or you'd like for us to pray and uh, stand in agreement with you, if you just come and have a seat on the front row. and. Um... If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.